0: Welcome to livealittlehigher.com This week we begin the third chapter of Pirkei Avot with Mishnah number one and where it says "Akavia ben Mahalalel says consider three things and you will not come into the grip of sin Know where you came from where you're going and before whom you will give judgment and reckoning Where you came from From a putrid drop, where you're going to a place of dust, worms, and maggots, and before whom you will give judgment and reckoning, before the king who reigns over kings, the Holy One, blessed be He. Scary, no? Really, if we think this way, we would never sin, because we would be petrified if we kept this in our mind. And here we see that Akavia ben Mahalalel lived in the generation after Shemaiah and Abtalion, he not mentioned in the first chapters because he was not part of the de- dedicated uh, chain of Torah transmission that we know that came from Rabbi Hillel. So we, from here we see that this chapter brings a new generation of rabbis uh, as a Rabbi Akavia and his advice was deferred until this point because it is so fundamental and far-reaching that is warranted to start a whole new chapter, so when it says consider three things, the little little translation of Istakel bejlosha is a stare at three things. this is what really it's telling us is stare and it says that animals because of their makeup, they cannot look up to heaven. They, they're always looking, or in front, or they're looking down into the ground. They cannot walk like this. You never see a dog walking like this, or a giraffe, or any animal. There, maybe a wolf will go like this. But unlike animals, the human being was endowed with an upright anatomy. We were made to stand straight. And posture that enables him to see those three things. We are able to see these three things because we can see up, we can see down and we can see forward. So here we see that the source of the putrid drop, the earth to which we will return and the heavens, God created man in such a way that he might have these reminders constantly in his mind. So here it says, why are all these three things necessary to keep a person from sin? Why are they necessary? And it says here that the fact that one comes from a putrid drop, what it means is you come from a drop of salmon, that's what it's telling us, or that he's going to a place of dust and maggots, like when we die, we end up under the earth and the, the worms eat us up, is no reason to desist from sinning. Rabbi Akavia is telling us that the root cause of sin is that God placed in mankind a drive to sin. So we don't sin because we want. And these three ideas won't keep us from sinning. This is what Rabbi Akavia says. He says that men sinned because he was made to sin. This is our design. We have a Yetzer Hara. We, we see things we should not be looking at. And nevertheless, we, we look at them. Or we say things we shouldn't be saying. But anyways, we say them. So he says here that the Yetzer Harah is overwhelming. It's really overwhelming. And one sins without thinking about the future. Like people, when they're sinning, they're not thinking about these three things. They, 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 they just do it. And the Yetzirah has over him and thereby remove the very cause of his sin. If we get rid of the Yetzirah, then we get rid of, of sin. We would never sin again. So the power of the Yetzirah arises from arrogance. So he says that the worst problem a human being has is that he's haughty. He's arrogant and this comes from the heart, from the heart because the heart swells with pride. So the Yetzirah is the force that moves a person to act in a way that he leads towards destruction and when a person thinks that he's on a very high level and this is very dangerous when a person thinks that he has achieved everything, he's already corrected, he, he achieved, he's a a good person, I, I, I will never do harm to anybody, I'm a holy person, this is when the Yetzer Hara hits him the worst. And the Yetzer Hara is set in motion to knock down and destroy. That's what a, a, El Maharal of Frey is telling us here. However, if our spirit and heart are broken within us and we do not consider ourselves important, then there is nothing for the Yetzer Hara to attack. So the rabbis have alluded many times to the fact that the yetzer hara arises only from pride and it says it in Tractate Nedarim and we read Shimon HaTzadik said in my life I ate only one sacrifice of a Nasser. once a man who was a Nasser came from the south I saw that he was beautiful eyes and was good looking and in his hair fell his curls and I asked him what is the reason that you cut off your, 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 your beautiful hair? And he said to me, a Nasir, if for those who don't know, is a person that takes upon himself a vow not to drink wine, not to cut his hair, and not to be surrounded by dead corpses. And he takes this vow for, a, for, for some time, and this renders him, it takes him to a different level where he is more in control of himself. But this nasser cut his hair, he became not a nasser anymore, and he said to me, I was a shepherd for my father in my city. I went to fill water from the well. And I, started, I stared at my reflection when I was taking the water out. At that moment, the Yetzirah seized me and wanted to destroy me from the world. I said to the reflection, Wicked One, because he saw himself and he saw he was so beautiful. He had these beautiful long curls. Why are you proud in a world which is not yours? He asked himself. About one who is destined to be worms and maggots. By the temple service. I will shave you off the sake of heaven. And I rose and kissed him on his head. And I said to him. My son. May there be more like you who take the Nazarite vow in Israel. Like this Nazarite. He was so aware of the Yetzirah Harad. That when he saw his reflection in the water. And he realized that he was so beautiful. He completely realized at that moment. No, the pride is coming into me. It's going to get me. So he went and he cut his hair. So, in summary, when a man saw his own beauty, the Yetzer Hara became strong and sought to destroy him. And the Yetzer Hara would have nothing to pursue once the man freed himself of arrogance by shaving off his hair. So when a person gets rid of his hair, when he got rid of his hair, his haughtiness, his arrogance, his pride went away because this was the cause of his arrogance. So we see here... That when Rabbi Akavia ben Mahalel says that consider these three things where do you come from, where are you going, who do you have to give an accountant? It makes you realize, like, okay, I come from this putrid drop, I'm nothing, I come from putrid, and then when I'm dying, when I die and I go under the ground, I'm also gonna become nothing, so why am I gonna be haughty? There's no reason for me to be haughty or feel that I'm important. So we now can explain why knowing once you came with you go, remo- removes one from the grip of sin because the realization that one's existence from beginning to end is very humble leaves no room for pride. And this is why this uh, rabbi, Akavia ben Mahalel, told us about thinking about these three things because they take away the pride of a person. This is why. So, and before whom you will give judgment and reckoning, the, the, it says why should he not sin and this is a possibility is countered by remember, remembering there is indeed a judgment so the reason we should not sin is because you know what there's an accountant they're writing every little thing we do in this world and once we're out of here there's a there's a, 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 um, a judgment there's a lawyer there's a judge there's everything up there where we're going to be accounted for our actions. And not only is one beginning and end very humble, but his existence itself is very humble because we realize, yeah, you, you, this is not a free ride here. And if one must account for every action for as long as he lives, it is better not to have been created. This is what a person thinks. Like, if I'm going to be accounted for every little thing I do, it would have been better that I'm not created. And so this contemplating these reasons of humbleness might lead a person to depression and worthless and despair and it says here we have to be very careful not to fall into this and however when approached with the proper attitude when we approach it with the proper attitude this Mishnah will not lead to discouragement and despair indeed it's the opposite it will empower us to try to be the best we can be because you know what when a human being lives according to his essence when a person tries to be the best he can be like when Margie tries to be the best Margie like when Rabbi Susha he said when I die they're not going to ask me why I was not like Moshe Rabbeinu they were going to ask me why Susha was not Susha why he didn't live up to being Susha this is what we have to think what are you, who are you, what did God give you What God gave you, your good qualities, take them out, give them to the world. This is why you're here. Be the best you can be. And in 180 years, when you have to go up there and you have to give an accountant of your life, even if you messed up because you couldn't do it, you, at least you're always going to say, I, I try. I try to be the best I can be. And this is what Hashem wants from us. He wants us to try to be the best we can be. If we achieve it or we don't achieve it, that's in God, God's hands. But to try to, to do the work, to do the job, that is in our, in, our, in our power. That's our free will. So our humble physical existence should motivate us to acquire a high spiritual caliber through mitzvot. A more profound explanation of the Mishnah considers that mankind's existence is dependent of God, completely dependent of God. In this relationship mankind is referred to as dependent which is alul and God is the first cause which is ila. So when a person sins he's in departure of God like Every time we, we sin, we cut ourselves away from God. We, we're one step uh, farther away from Him. Every time we do a mitzvah, we're one step closer to Him. So when a person recognizes that his whole existence depends on Hashem, then he will be uh, careful not to do anything that will severe that relationship because when he's cutting his, his connection to God, in reality he's con- cutting off his own existence. Because his existence comes from Hashem. So here we see that our relationship to God is based on the fact that as an alul, as a person that is dependent on God, we're accountable to God for his actions. And that as the ila'ah, God scrutinizes our this as the basis for our future existence. So one who acknowledges that he will face judgment and reckoning in the future acknowledges God as the source of existence. So what it's trying to tell us is that our whole existence depends on Hashem. So the farther away we are, we are cutting that cord. We're, it's like when you're cutting the umbilical cord from a baby, from their mother, you're severing that connection. And maybe yes, you're alive in this world, you're, you're living, but you're not existing. It's two very different things. One thing is to live and another thing is to exist. A person that lives is a person that takes up space. This I learned from Rabbi Manis Friedman. He's a person that takes up space like a chair. He takes up space in the world, but a person that exists is a person that is completely, completely connected to God in this world, and he's thriving. He's really bringing the existence of God into the world. So uh, I hope that this Mishnah helps us all to live a humble life, not let ourselves be proud Uh, and haughty people this is really the cause of all our problems and every time as that Nasir realized that his beautiful curls were causing him problems and he just cut them off uh, when we realize that there's things in our life that cause haughtiness in us we should just like cut them off right like the Nasir cut his hair so I wish you a good week a happy week and remember live a little higher thank you